Old man, the story's got everything. Orient Express. Beautiful Russian spy murdered in Samplon Tunnel. Filthy pictures. Secret cipher machine. Handsome British spy with career ruined murders her and commits suicide. Sex, spies, luxury train, Mr. and Mrs. Somerset. Old man, it'll run for months. Welcome to the James Bond Complex. I'm Matt. I'm Edgar. And uh, we are a podcast that covers James Bond 007 from Fleming to film and everything in between. And today we are covering the novel From Russia with Love by Jan Fleming, published in 1957. That is accurate. This is book number five? Cinco. Cinco. So um, I'll start with the... Uh, Plot synopsis? Plot synopsis. Because I don't remember anything that happens in this book. I need you to help me, Matthew. <laughs> oh, let me Just refresh. as in the next episode, you will not remember anything from the film. No, nothing. <laughs> I already forgot the film. <clears throat> the leaders of Smirsch, the Russian counter-espionage organization, have decided that to redeem their organization after a series of humiliating failures, they have to prepare a trap to humiliate a Western spy organization. Their intended victim... James Bond 007. Bond is to be murdered in a way that will even humiliate the entire British Secret Service. Kronstein, a military strategist, and Grosokleb, the head of operation, came up with the perfect plan. Their bait, a beautiful cipher officer, Tatiana Romanova, and a spectre encoding machine. M receives a fabricated story of a clerk who fell in love with a dashing secret agent through a couple of photographs from the head of section T. Karimbe in Istanbul. M decides to send 007 to get the girl and the Spectre. Bond, through the help of Karimbe, finally gets the Spectre machine and the girl out of Istanbul on the Orient Express after multiple adventures. Things take a tragic turn when Karim is murdered and Bond is left alone with Tatiana. But help arrives in the shape of Captain Nash, an agent sent by M. Unfortunately for Bond, M never sent help. Nash is, in fact, Red Grant, defector-turned-assassin for Smirsch. He drugs Tatiana and has Bond in his crosshairs when he reveals that how Smirsch has planned for his death for months. Grant explains to Bond that his murder is meant to appear as a bizarre, humiliating murder-suicide and that the Spectre machine is actually also booby-trapped. Through quick reflexes, Bond not only survives being shot by Grant, but actually kills his would-be assassin. Bond has a final encounter with Rosa Klebb at the rendezvous point where Grant was supposed to meet her after completing his mission. After a brief struggle, Klebb is put in handcuffs and is about to be sent away before she gives 007 a quick kick on his leg from a secretly poisoned blade in her shoe. Bond faints and dies. Or does he? Thus ends the last James Bond book ever. Well, actually, that's what I, I wrote my synopsis for that particular reason. Because um, the twist at the end that he faints and he... Well, you don't know if he's alive or dead. Is he, he's, His breathing becomes difficult, he's panting, and he falls to the ground, and it's blackness. That's how the book ends. Those are the last lines of the book. And it's a, it's a quite a surprise, but after 
so many years it's it's people know he comes back i mean the i think he has our book number five uh fleming both wrote uh, uh if you compl- as books i think it comes up to 14 books so uh, we're I not think so. even With the short stories it might be 13 or 14 books thereabouts yeah so we're not even halfway through it so we know he, he survives but at the time that was oh my god james bond is dead that's quite a finale yeah there's a lot of bad omen in throughout the book it's friday the 13th mm. there's a bit of mysticism just dash dash of uh because he's being hunted down by a werewolf of some sort apparently mm. so it, that's something i i i want to approach to start the podcast i think it's quite fascinating it makes uh from russia with love a unique book in the bond canon it is for those reasons In addition to the fact that, uh, you know, the commonality in the previous book reviews we've had is, well, the chapter one is maybe Bond doing this or that, or an unrelated character doing this and that. And then chapter two is the M scene, and chapter three, Bond is on his way. Not so in From Russia With Love. We don't see Bond for, in my version of the book, which I forgot to take out of my bag, I think it's page 100 yeah, <laughs> when some, we see some, Bond for the first time. Something like that. I think the entire first half is the Russians planning. Yeah. And it's quite fascinating. I mean, they, they introduced one of my favorite characters in the book, Red Grant. What? And well, that is, in fact, the first chapter. The first chapter is Red Grant uh, resting uh, poolside with a masseuse uh, who is... We're, we're sort of experiencing the scene from the point of view of the masseuse, and she is less admiring her, not her body, but his body, more so horrified. She can sense this unnerving, it, it, there's something skin-crawling about Red Grant. She can sense that there's something not right about yeah. this guy. She can't quite put her finger on it. Maybe it's the eyes, maybe it's the hair. Something is amiss. This man is not a real man. He's weird. And he's built like a truck. Uh, so it frightens her. It's a wonderful, wonderful chapter. It's also incredibly detailed just how he's describing not only the masseuses, what she's doing, but sort of the muscles and how hard they are, how firm they are. I mean, Fleming is creating a, a monster right here in front of our eyes in the first chapter of the book. Um, is Bane. <laughs> Bane. <laughs> no, no, but I, what I, by that I mean his only mission is to destroy James Bond. Like he is an obsession. And if you read the Batman comics, Bane is the character that broke Batman's back, but just because he was obsessed with breaking Batman's back for some mm. reason, he had an obsession. But that's the same for, for, for Grant. He's obsessed with... They, they, they even train him for months and months to just to kill Bond. And they plan this thing. They introduce Kronstein, who doesn't... Like, he appears early in the book, and he never comes back. Uh, and they also introduce a character that's completely missing from... Well, we'll go through the uh, film adaptation in due time. But General... Uh, yeah. General G. I know... He, I, he, he, by For for uh, long stretches of that chapter, Fleming just calls him General G. But he does give his real name. It's like... It sounds like a very, very punny name. Like I need to... Kind of, it does, actually. It does sound like somebody... That's an awesome chapter, by the way. The the Smirsh meeting where General G and these... Uh, higher-ups in the various secu- uh, security and intelligence agencies of the Soviet Union are together 
in this room and he's it's funny because as general g is describing what their recent successes and failures have been and what their what they hope their plan to be in his mind we also go into general g's mind and he's thinking this is how we do it the carrot and the stick so the carrot no the the carrot is when he says oh this has been good and we're doing fairly good job and then he hits them with the stick by saying but there have been this failure and that failure and he's actually enjoying the reactions of the men around this table very scheming nefar nefarious character this general g we we don't see him Again, either after that. I would have liked to have seen that guy yeah. again, I think. Uh, he's a character they could have brought back. Quite fascinating. And a lot of the uh, per the, the cases they mentioned are actually based on real uh, cases. Um, there's a case of Igor Guzenko, a defector. And he, uh, you know, also another reference they make that's actually based on fact. All the Mo I don't know if it, all of them, but um, a lot of the defectors that came from, from, from Russia to uh, the West... A lot, uh, some of them, uh, Guzenko ended up in Canada, actually. He died in Ontario oh, really? in the oh, early 80s. Yeah, there you go, Mississauga, Ontario. Great Wikipedia picture of him. He has a bag over his head. He actually looks like a member of the you-know-what... Uh... Sorry. <clears throat> also, Cocklove, that's another reference that's made. Uh, and he defected. Um, and they tried to poison him with thallium, which comes back... Uh, I think they, they still... They, they're, they're Russians love poisoning people. At the then, time of this recording, and now. there's something very big happening in the news. It was a former Russian agent who was living in England, mm -hmm. and him and his daughter were recently... I don't remember what the toxin used was, but yeah, it's quite striking how uh, either these other agencies internationally, they're better at keeping it a secret, <laughs> and the Russians are just not good at hiding this stuff, or the Russians are, in fact, very keen on getting rid of you through... Um, toxins in, in very uh, scheming uh, cloak-and-dagger fashion. Yeah, um, so we have the meeting, and we're also introduced to another favorite of mine, Rosa Klebb. Oh, God. Now, she... We'll get to the film when we cross that bridge, but, man, if you had to ask me which Rosa Klebb do I like more, the film or the book, I don't know. I love the Rosa Klebb in the book. I love, I her. love her in the book. I love her. Toad. She's a toad. She's a toad. That's another one. Uh, we had Mr. Big as the shark, and Rosa Klebb is the toad. Yeah. And she's um, oh, she's described as really not very clean. He keeps referencing a quote mustache, like a yellow mustache above her upper lip. <laughs> what do you mean a yellow? Like okay. So she might have a little bit of hair. Some women do. What do you mean a yellow mustache? What the f are you talking she about? She probably uh, smokes. No, yellow mustache. It's well, she probably has a lot of facial hair that she probably dyes to. Some some women do that to instead of like pulling or uh, camouflage it almost. Yes. Well, if everybody's calling it a yellow mustache, it's a pretty piss poor camouflage attempt. It is, and I think that's the point probably. Yeah, she. Well, I'll put my my notes away for a little while, because um, I, I just out of memory, she has tick classes, and she. There's a quote I don't remember. I think it's General or Constantine. They 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 talk about her sexuality, and she. I, I heard a lot a lot of people saying that she's. I think she's more bisexual. For her, it's just a niche she has to scratch once in a while, and she doesn't care. 
man or woman, she doesn't care. He, it's funny. I thought that was Grant, but I think you're right. No, 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 no. I think you're right. I think that's Rosa Klemp. I, I, unlike previous recordings where I tend to have finished the book like just a couple of days before, I read the book like a week and a half ago. So some details are starting to escape me, but I think I think it's actually Rosa Klemp. She does engage in, she does fornicate, but it's almost as as you said. It's oh, there's this little itch. I must get rid of it. I'm going to screw someone now. There's really nothing much else to it. It's yeah, very basic. It's very base. Um, I love. Matthew, I love the line uh, when Rosa Klebb has ordered Tatiana to uh, come to her room to explain what the mission will be. And after explaining said mission, uh, changes clothes. Oh. And poor Tanya, her, I remember the line, she, Rosa Klebb looked like the ugliest, oldest whore in the world. <laughs> love it. Love it. Oh. Yeah, that's a, and I, I think her garment is see-through. Also, yes, <laughs> just more disturbing. Um, also, they describe a, that she loves torture, and she has a sort of a overhaul that she puts on, and she goes see people getting tortured, and she doesn't want to get any on herself. So she has this thing that she she covers herself, and she all it's always dirty, and so, uh, just little details that make her. Well, just as General G in his conference with the heads of the security agencies refers to the carrot and the stick, that is sort of Rosa Klebb doing that as well because she will partake in the torture session insofar as attempting to soothe oh, yeah. the torture E. You know, my dear, my you know, don't worry, it's almost over. We're gonna take just care of you. Just tell me with that, you know. Precisely, Be exactly. Nice. Oh yeah. And she- even Tanya makes that remark. Uh, not, not not verbally, it's it's in her head, it's Fleming's description of her thoughts, where there's a brief passage going back to the chapter where they're together in the room, and she, Tanya's sort of thinking like, oh, wow, she seems very like calm all of a sudden and quite nice. So again, that carrot and the stick. It's nice, it's awesome that we, have, we, we witnessed General G implementing that, but the fact that Rosa Klebb does that, sort of um, emphasizes the point that it, that is the smirch strategy. So I like that Fleming emphasizes that a little bit in the first half of the book. Really uh, enjoyed that character or creepiness. Um, so uh, the creepier she... Honestly, the creepier she is, the better. I'm no, all for it. I love it. She's a villain. If, if she was nice and wonderful and... Uh, what the hell? No. And she needs to be creepy. It goes but, to show you how strong she is in the book because predominantly... Maybe because I've seen the films more often than I've read the books, my answer in most cases will be whatever's in the movie. But this one's tough. This one's tough. Yeah. We'll discuss it when yeah, we get yeah. there. Um, so we have they, they start planning, and I, I find it it, it is uh, it is a it is a scary scary plan. Now because you have an entire government planning to kill one. <laughs> Man, I think about and, it. And they want One, to do it in a particular way. Uh, they can't just go into the streets of London and assassinate it. They ha- it has to be more public than that. It has to be. It has to strike. They want to kill a hero. I think they use the yes. word hero. So they want to strike at the heart of British pride, British nationalism. They want to break their ego or wound their ego at the very least. So very, it's very sneaky and very cunning. Yeah, it's it is. Um, it's quite. 
it's terrifying. Uh, honestly, I'm like, wow, that that is a scary thought. Having a government planning the murder, authorizing the murder of one man. It's just, boo, scary thought. But really? there is one problem. This man is James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so we uh, also we are also introduced to Tatiana Romanova. Romanova. What are your thoughts on her? Now, it's been one of the joys I've had of doing this podcast with you, Matthew, is is everybody likes watching the movies. But it's been reading these books or going back to these books for the first time in a few years. I think the only one I've read consistently is actually Casino Royale. The other ones, it's my second read and the first in many years. The most interesting ride so far has been the rediscovery of the Bond Girls. We have an amorphous blob, we have a damsel in distress, we have a great cop, we have intriguing, if not super helpful, and now we have Tatiana Romanova. I'm having trouble pinpointing her on my scale. She's... Hmm, a lot of dead air all of a sudden. No, but I... I you know, she's not... She's not bad. She's not bad. She's not bad at all. She's not a damsel in distress, no, but she is... No, because she's agreeing to do this. But she's coerced in doing it. That's true. So, I, there's a part of her, and again, we, we try to separate these episodes a little bit, like movie, film. I find it's a little bit difficult in the case of From Russia With Love. But watching the film... And maybe this is not what I should have been doing in my mind, but watching the film, I feel hammered home some points that came to mind while watching the uh, while watching the book, <laughs> while reading the book, but that I wasn't certain of. And here's some of those points. Uh, Romanova is very young; she's 24, 25, I believe, in the book. So she has not, as described in Fleming. Yes, she's Russian. Yes, she's proud of being Russian. But she has 24. Not, 24 years old. Thank you. But she has not been weighed down that much by the system. So there's, Not yet. There's still a little bit of ambition, hope. May, one would maybe say naivete. And I think because of that, yes, she's coerced into doing the mission. Yes, officially speaking, she's doing it for Mother Russia. There's no question about that, officially speaking. The sense I got as the book goes along, because Fleming will go back occasionally into her mind, not as much as Gellibrand, not as much as maybe um, Tiffany Case, but every once in a while he'll go back into Tatiana's thought process. And the sense I was getting is it started with a mission for Rosa Klebb, and it turns into an opportunity to actually leave Russia, because this James Bond bloke, it's not half bad. <laughs> She's a good actress. I love I love the scene where she appears in, in, in his bed. It's a great scene. We'll get to that. That's where we see the Tatiana that's still playing the game. She's acting. She is the Smirsh agent. As the story evolves, especially on the um, on the train, are they on the Orient Express in the book? Yes. Yeah, they're yes. on the Express. Especially on those Orient Express. Uh, chapters, that's where I'm getting the sense that she's no longer acting. 
she's made a decision at this point. She, she wants to get the hell out of Russia. And she actually kind of starts to like James Bond a little bit. Yeah. So that's what I... So I think it's an interesting journey. There is growth there. It's maybe just not as emphasized as much as your Gather Brands, your Tiffany Cases, though. She she is a damsel in distress, but she's... You know, the, the difference is the villain and the plot. Because uh, in Live and Let Die, she's clearly a kept woman she mm. in this one she's bait she's used she's almost a victim of circumstance or of circumstance of the state of the state and the state is I, I see her more like a princess than a damsel does the word romanova not hold uh, royal ties of oh some my god sort? You are, you're, you're right oh my god it's by design she, she she's from she even relate that Fleming's a smart guy and he does his research it could very well be by design so. oh i feel stupid now no it's it's clearly by design she's she's a princess in, in, in peril and the state is the dragon bond is saint george he's gonna slay the dragon and rescue the princess Princess yeah. Romanova. The, from the, the horse being the Orient Express, the dragon being Red Grant, Romanova being the princess, and Bond being St. George. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it works out. It, it adds up to a degree. I am not going to disagree with it. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, she's, she's been the most... I feel in the previous episode... I shouldn't say stuff like previous episode. I'm, re I'm referring to the book episode, Diamonds Are Forever. I thought at that, when we were recording that episode... I had the most difficulty describing my thoughts about Tiffany Case, uh, but I feel describing my thoughts about Tatiana has been even more challenging because she is a little bit hard to grasp. Uh, we don't really know when that turn happens. Yeah. It's not like, oh, she likes Bond and she wants to get out of Russia. And she, yeah, also, um, just like Grant is trained to kill Bond, she's, tr she's trained to... Fornicate. Seduce. Yeah. Seduce. With, with Bond. So she, I mean, part of it, part of her obsession with Bond is probably uh, because of her training. And it's, I don't know how much training and what they did. You know, rereading this book and having just watched the movie Red Sparrow, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's I did a, see Red Sparrow. There's a lot of parallels. There's a Rosa Klebb in Red Sparrow. There's a Rosa Klebb there. Uh, well, both both characters, the character from uh, Red Sparrow and uh, Tatiana, are both former ballerina. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> and both are going are trying to go from. For all we know, Tatiana went to Red. Maybe she's a sparrow. We don't know it for sure. Uh, well, yeah, actually, she could if, be a sparrow. If they did a modern version of uh, From Russia with Love, it might look like Red Sparrow, actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's Red Sparrow there, and this movie, both characters, they. So it's a little bit. It, it, this reading, this movie has tainted a little bit my my uh, view of that character. Uh, but I don't. I, I see. I, uh, Tatiana is much softer. I, I she's still human uh, in the character from uh, Red Sparrow. She. I don't know. I didn't um, particularly care for that character at the end. And when you have a bunch of American actors speaking with um, fake Russian action, I, 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 I'm thinking of Boris and Natasha and Moose and Squirrel. There's a lot of that in Goldeneye. Yeah, but you know, it, it got, James Martin are goofy, goofier movies. This one was playing it straight, and it, I just didn't believe in the universe. But that's for a Red Sparrow review, right. which will uh, happen. Spy, the spy complex. Yes, yes. Our <laughs> other podcasts. These, these podcasts are piling up. we got to start recording some stuff. Yes.
Um, so yeah, no, uh, she, uh, she, she's still soft, but she she wants to escape. She, I get a feel for, her, I get an impression for. Her. I actually care for. Her. So do I. So do I. I, I generally I, like her, but more than I did for for uh, Tiffany Case. Tiffany Case at at the end, the book starts and she's oh yeah, um, Bon and her are not together, and she went uh, home and married another a GI or something. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, good. Well, as I recall, I haven't re-listened to the episode in full, but as I recall, um, I think you were the one that said, and I probably just agreed, like a like a puppet. That there's no way that a man like James Bond and a woman like Tiffany Case would have a long-lasting relationship. Yes. So the revelation at the start—well, no, not at the start of the book. Halfway through from Russia, would love the book that they only lasted a couple of months. They got into a couple of quarrels. I think you know. Bless her heart, Tiffany Case. She had quite an arduous journey in Diamonds Are Forever. I wish her the best. I'm I'm glad. In my heart of hearts, I'm glad she found happiness. She found someone that she might have a long-lasting relationship with. I'm not particularly distraught that it's not with James Bond. Yes, no. Um, Good luck. Good Um, luck. We salute thee. But no, Tatiana, um, she she needs help. So, but she's not. Where, uh, you know, where where Solitaire is in a bad situation. Um, Mr. Big's entire focus is not on her, on, and she's not part of the plot. She's a cog in a machine. Um, Tatiana is just a part of a plan. She's she's a tool. She's just a plan. I mean, they're going to kill her. Red, yes. Red Grant admits that he's going to kill her. He doesn't care why. He doesn't even. He he does not know why, nor does he care. He's just he's told he's got to kill her. So she's nothing but a pawn on a chessboard. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I I feel more empathy towards her than I did. She is a little bit of a dental in distress, but she is in a worse situation. And she's she, she's when you well when your government is planning to use you, kill you, and be done with you, uh, it's hard not to feel like a little bit empathy for. Her. I think in I don't know if she says it verbally or if she just thinks it, and it's Fleming describing the thought process again. But she's also like a little bit tempted by getting out of Russia, you know, the food, the clothes. There's like, there's an excitement there. She spent her, obviously, she spent her whole life, I can't remember if it's Moscow or whatever, but she spent her whole life in the Soviet Union. Now there's this opportunity to see something else, maybe be a little bit more free. And you mentioned the term Danzel in distress, and and you're not wrong, but it still got to me. I still felt something for her, like the moment in the train where... She starts thinking, oh, no, he just wants the lector. Like, he doesn't really care about me. I'm like, girl, don't worry, man. We're here for you. We're reading. We're with you on the train. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, girl. And, you know, Bond says, oh, God, I got it. You know, don't worry. You know, there will be a time where my my people are going to question you. We're going to be apart for a while. But I'm going to try to reunite with you. I couldn't help it. I kind of felt a little something like, yeah, I hope this works out. We'll read Dr. No in a couple weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but... Because we go book by book, we don't pay attention to what happens next. I'm like, yeah, I kind of want this to work out. I kind of want this to work out for them. So is she the best defined leading lady? Maybe not. I think Galibrand is still our favorite. Yes. But I do like Tanya. I, girl, don't no, she, worry, girl. She, she, you, you, she, she, uh, she's a 
better version of um, of solitaire. Of solitaire, yeah. like a, slightly I, more complete, slightly more proactive version of solitaire. Yes, and in a m- much worse situation. Like sol- solitaire would have not been able to to go through what. Uh, yeah, Mr. Big. Takes a long time for Mr. Big to decide he's going to kill Solitaire. Rosa Klebb and Ren Grant are like, okay, let's do it. Let's just off this bitch. <laughs> let's talk about Ren Grant some more because he's a werewolf. He's a freaking werewolf. Yes, he goes crazy. He ha- he gets the crazies when the full moon emerges. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. The entire chapter where they describe his origin, it is weird as hell like it's really weird there's no i love the fact i like it when whether it's fleming or any other author or or a movie i love it when <laughs> i love it when we get an explanation for something that still doesn't tell us everything what the hell is happening a full moon and he gets the crazies okay so he goes crazy when the full moon what do you mean i don't know <laughs> oh my god the dude is insane he's a former boxer yeah he went to he went from the west to the east it sounds like there was a <laughs> i just remember there was a, a comedy in the 1990s actually the last movie john candy w- was in where you had these people that were uh in a western town and they they're like you know what we're tired of being in the, in the west we're going back east and they they unpack and they start going going back to civilization and it's just it's absurd that like that this character is absurd that he went you know what i'd rather work for the comics just to kill people i enjoy killing people there's a uh i might have the upper hand here because i actually very very quickly leafed through a couple of pages in, in the last couple of days and and there is a passage that that hit me and and it's during Red Grant's plane ride on, he's going to meet the uh, higher ups of Smirsh and he's looking, thinking back on his life. And there's a passage that says, uh, yeah, he just liked the, uh, how the Soviets have uh, total disregard for life. <laughs> that attracted him. It's like, whoa, okay, buddy. You, dude, you're, you're like, oh, you're, you're a strange one. Um, you know what? We talked about uh, the Bond girl, the, the villains. Uh, before we start talking about Bond, there's another character, one of the characters I enjoyed the most, but with weird origins, the legendary Karim Bey. Karim Darko in this book. Yeah, for, 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 I, I keep saying, but yeah, it's yeah, true. Right. My man. Darko Bey. Everybody loves Karim Bey. Yeah. Um, Ali Karim Nope, we gotta say that for the movie. Karim, we'll just call him Karim because I. Call him Karim. Uh, I, I like him a lot too. His origins are quite intriguing. He he's actually half English in in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mother was yes. English, uh, but he's I don't remember if he's never set. He certainly never worked for MI6 in England. He's always worked for MI6 in in Istanbul. I don't remember if he's actually never been to England. Never been. Never been to England. Doesn't want to go to England. No, he doesn't want <laughs> he's to. Perfectly happy in Istanbul, which is a rough town, as we find out very quickly. Huge man. Huge man. He's bigger and taller than Bond. Yes. And Bond's like not a petite guy. <laughs> Bond is six and buff. Yeah. You know, fit. Pay, pay no attention to the eggs and the bacon and the yogurt and the cigarettes. He is in tip top shape, James Bond. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. No exception. But Dark was even bigger and, and taller than, than Bond, which is impressive. Very boisterous. Um, very lively, kind of like in the movie. Ah, come, my friend, come in. Yes. Uh, and warm, 
very yes he's very warm but at the same time understands the dangers of 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 the job and will kill if he needs to kill in fact there's even a section where he, he makes the very concrete decision yeah i'm gonna kill this mother effer uh, what's the krilenko 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 yes gonna kill krilenko uh, who had been trying to kill him i i do like Karim Darko quite a bit. He's a lot of fun. And it takes very little time for Bond to start liking him. I don't know if that's what encouraged me to like Karim so quickly as well. Maybe, because I'm always on Bond's side anyway. Whatever Jim does, I'm going to do too. Uh, But I got to agree, Karim Darko is a lot of fun. He's very boisterous, very happy. Not a devil may care. There's a devil may care sort of attitude to him, which I like a lot. No, he's um, warm. He's he has an appetite for life, and mm-hmm. I think he, he says at some point like he wants his tombstone said he died he died of living too much. Yes, like, yes, you, that that encapsulates his philosophy beautifully. <laughs> you can't help but love the character, even if he has. There's a chapter where they describe I think where he met his first wife for actually had. Uh, a woman that he tied to his chair for like weeks. Uh, she was naked. She he basically like, uh, yeah. And when his mother shows up <laughs> and wants to help her, she don't want to leave. Yeah. She wants to stick around, which also says a lot. Not about not only about Karim, but just this whole culture they're living in in Istanbul at the time. I'm sure Istanbul is a fantastic place. I've never been, but in go. in this. Fleming 1950s 007 version of Istanbul. It is messed up. It is like ooh, but you can't. You, can, you know what? Even with that, because I was a little bit creeped out, but but you can't help but like the guy. He's just too charming. It's very very My- black humor. It's very dark humor, but it is kind of funny at the same time. <laughs> I was chuckling as I was going. Half of me was chuckling, the other half was like, "This is retarded. This is ridiculous." <laughs> this is, you know, dark. Uh, yeah, I, you probably saw uh, in my notes. I have a calendar um, because he mentions that he leaves on August fourteenth, which is a Friday thirteenth, and the only date, uh, the only the only time on August fourteenth in, in Fleming's time that uh, hap- that that well, it could only have happened in nineteen fifty four. But Fleming makes a lot of references to things that happened. After 1954, like there's movie, like that's my OCD side, because I'm like, okay, I I Google the the candidates, like okay, so it makes sense, but I think he makes a reference to a, a political event. I think one of the uh, people that um, escaped the the, the Russia the Russians um, happened after that date, and there's a movie with Ma- Marion Monroe. I think it's it like oh the, uh, Niagara. I think the timeline. Very good movie, by the way. <laughs> seen it actually really yeah. i wanted to see it no, awesome. I said, she, I, and marilyn monroe in it literally fantastic yeah i heard Absolutely that great. too i heard i heard good things about that movie um there's a lot of things that they mentioned i'm like okay that it, the timeline's messed up even they mentioned that bond um started working for the uh british secret service in 1938 yeah i remember that that struck me as odd yeah the the timeline is fudged up but i think it's by design i think he wanted you didn't want to set in a particularly straight time. I, I think he wanted things to be a little bit mo- movable. So 
I still had to bring it up because it's my OCD side. Um, I'm sure the listeners are are well aware of that side. Every time, in every <laughs> single episode, except maybe one that I can think of where you brought up notes, I'm sure the listeners are, of course, Matthew's the one bringing a notepad. <laughs> well, Edgar doesn't do this. Because it, it, it can't have happened in 1957, and I don't think there's been an August Friday the 13th uh, um, after well, uh, before Fleming died, so it's impossible. Ooh, ooh, the, the, the way he makes his coffee, I want to buy one of those, but... And it's called a Chem a Chemex um, coffee, a pour over coffee. It's a, basically a glass jar. You put a filter in it and you drop the coffee. It's basically almost it, like how you would make tea. Kind of like yeah, ex- exactly. Actually, but the thing is that I'm very um, rough with my possessions, and I've <laughs> I've destroyed yourself. I've destroyed. I think in the past year three or four French presses. Oh, those possessions. Yes. Okay, friend. I thought you were going all Karim Darko on me. Obviously. No, 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 no. I, I destroyed so many French press. I bought. Well, you saw mine. It's 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 in aluminum now. It no, mm. will never break. But I'm not a, have bad coffee, by the way. Thank you. Welcome. I enjoy my coffee. I take my coffee seriously, but I want to try that. Eventually, I'll buy one. But I'm afraid I'm going to break it, and it's quite expensive. It's like sixty. I've seen sixty dollars for. Uh, also, they make a reference to. Uh, so many things. The Cambridge uh, spy ring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that that General G. Smirsch um, chapter, I feel, is the one that makes the reference to the most yes. material. I'm sort of I'm leaning on that chapter, but I'm also leaning half on you because you're you're the research man here. So, I, but I feel that's the chapter that uh, where most uh, potentially realistic uh, factoids sprout yes. from Fleming's mouth. They, they, there's a lot of. Uh, Data. Even the book starts with th- this older author's note that says uh, everything like that's described. Yeah, I noticed that. I read it too. And I, I googled a little bit of it, and it, the, there, there's a building for the Secret Service in Russia, but it's the, the address he gives is not actually accurate. He gives, but but are you looking at the 2018 address no, no, or the 1957 um, address? 1957. Oh, actually, the building that used to be the headquarters for Smirsch was uh, before. The Russian Revolution, according to my notes, it was an um, uh, insurance company <laughs> building. <laughs> After the revolution, boop, 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 well, it's, it, it, it's a sort of jail. I think it's still a home to the Russian Secret Service, uh, even to this day. KGB. KGB. Oh, the hotel, the... The, uh, the, uh, the Ritz? No, he doesn't go to the Ritz. He goes to at the, the end, Christ- at the end. But when he goes to Istanbul, oh yes, of course. Oh, what's the, what's that place called? Crystal Palace. <laughs> but it's actually based on a real place. And let me show you. They recently renovated to make it look more like it. It looked like that today. Right. It's called. No, no, they did. They did renovations yeah. to make it. No, but I, this is because I don't remember this being Fleming's description. Apparently, it's like well. Whatever. Well, it probably was dustier in 1950. Like, mm. But it's uh, at one point they showed the uh, the view from the hotel, and it's a the real name is Paris uh, Palace Hotel, and it's quite beautiful. It's very Victorian age, um, Victorian era. Uh, very nice. Dr- yeah, I don't know. It's it's beautiful. Like I want to go to Istanbul. I was like the entire book. I was like googling. Oh, yeah. I want to go there. I have a friend, a good friend actually. It's a few years ago, but he went to Istanbul and he came back with very, very positive comments. He liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it's a shame that the Orient Express doesn't go from 
uh, from Istanbul to Paris. To Paris. <laughs> it's still there's a version of it. Like technically, it closed in the 1970s, but uh, private investors they sort of bought the brand and they run their own train. That's and, nice. But I'm like, see, yeah. that's a nostalgia kick I can get behind. Yeah, me too. I mean, of course, yeah, eventually I'll get there. But uh, no, seriously, I'm like mm, quite fascinating. Um, pictures. The Bosphorus. It, it, it just, it, it looks like a beautiful, yeah. beautiful place. The Galata oh, Bridge. Just the, the mosques in Istanbul alone would be mm. worth visiting. I mean, like the uh, the Spice Bazaar. The Spice Bazaar. I was curious. Is that the same place as in uh, uh, Skyfall, the beginning? I didn't think of that, but maybe. I'm I'm not entirely certain. Although, I mean, honestly, how long he rides the motorcycle through it in like five seconds? Five seconds. But they <laughs> shot in Istanbul. Yeah, they so. did. They did. I mean, he come. He goes. Even the world's not enough. They shot there. Remember the? Uh, yeah, well, it's true. The climax happens. Bond is in Istanbul a lot. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's a nervous. Uh, it's well, it's a place where east meets west. So mm. it's still uh, even to this day. I think it's still. Uh, well, there was a lot of controversy a few years ago when Turkey wanted to become a member of the EU. The debate was: Well, are, are Turks European or are they sort of Arab slash Asian? And like nobody could agree on that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's Turkey's always been. Like you just you took the words right out of my mouth. It's where East meets West. So yeah. it's, a, it's a fascinating place. Um, so they well, well back to Bond. Bond Bond is bored. We've not moment. really talked about James Bond, and we've been going for forty five minutes. minutes. <laughs> we're just we're doing like the 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 the, the book itself. <laughs> we're doing a great job, I think. <laughs> um, so he's bored. He's really bored at the beginning of the book, and he's just training and. Uh, doing exercise, we meet is um, is maid is um... for the first time. Yes. we've not met her before. May May, yeah, so, uh, Scottish. 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 She's a fun character, but I can see why they never used her for the movie. They could have used her for Skyfall actually, and uh, not use Kinke. Didn't use the nice old Scottish lady. Yeah, like a burly. Uh, type. Welcome to Scotland. And she blows the. <laughs> Yeah, double, I, double barrel shotgun that guy. Now that you mention it, oh, could have been interesting. No, that would have been better. Yeah. Well, I'm a big. Uh, who's the actor who plays Kincaid? Can't remember. Oh Jesus! Great actor. I like him a lot, though. He's in uh, Big Fish, but I, I for I forget. I forget. He's also like the, the the head honcho, pulling the strings in the Bourne movies. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. We don't see him until like Ultimatum, I think. Yeah, like the the guy. Who, Messed uh, Matt Damon's brain, mm. but uh, no, we don't see uh, May in the films, but we do get her in a few of the books. She actually shows up in, in, the, in a continuation novel. I read one of the continuation novels, and uh, but I do like the fact that Bond is bored. Which again, book by book, Fleming drops these little hints about who this man is, and what I there are a couple of things I like about James Bond in From Russia with Love. You mentioned one of them, the fact that he's bored because he hasn't been on a mission in a while. And he's also... Is it just me? Or is Bond a little bit more jokey in this one? A little bit more jokey. Yeah. No, he's, uh... I feel like he's becoming a human being by no, From he, Russia With Love. Yeah, he's... You know... I, I, it's a gonna little be, bit. It's gonna Very be, subtle. It's going to be hard not to... And, 
so far we fail miserably not comparing the books and the movie the book and the movie for this one this one is so close it's yeah. sometimes my brain like i don't know which one's which but there's a moment in uh both the movie and the book where uh after karen b gets murdered by by grant uh bond has a different reaction that sean connery has sean connery is angry and he beats on <laughs> he slaps uh tatiana a little bit book bond doesn't have this reaction no very cold the the bond the bond of the book i can't remember what the exact line at the end of the chapter is but he doesn't say anything and his brain just starts working what's the next step what do we have to do to get out of here that's how the bond of the book reacts yeah the bond bond of the movie is much more emotional more (laughs) well at least the connery version well con sure right because i i you know to mention yeah i could see daniel craig playing this scene differently but you know who knows uh no it's a different reaction and he's like tell me what you know and help me and he's he's looking for assistance he's he's not macho macho he's exactly scared when he's he has to fight uh red grant uh he's like if i fight him i'm, I'm gonna lose there's no way i can beat this man i have to like knock him in one one strike yeah yeah and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he does, and it's it is a great moment in the book and in the movie for different reasons. In yeah, the book. It's uh, the, the entire. Con- it's intense. It's really intense, actually. No, it's uh, you're like, how is he gonna get the, this out of this? And one? Grant keeps reminding him we're approaching the tunnel. I want to say old man, but he doesn't say it in the book. You know, we're no, he say it. Does he say old man? He says it in the book, and eventually, when he has Bond on his oh, knees, that's true. He, he does say it in the book. He, he's like, okay, no, my brain is. They're, well, they're so close. It's hard. It's hard to. Um, uh, he's uh, yeah, because eventually he's like, uh, "Can you stop calling me uh, old?" And he's trying to think of a way of stopping him from calling him old man. And when he tries, like he keeps calling him even more old he's man. He's trying old to man. unnerve Red Grant to varying degrees of success. Um, but I do love the tet tet tet. In the Orient Express, where Red Grant has Bond at, at gunpoint, uh, it's extremely tense. I, I, there haven't been, I mean, what, you got the, th- the Thunderballs being racked in Casino Royale, maybe the final hand in Casino Royale, uh, the finger snapping in Live and Let Die, um, but I haven't felt this tense uh, since we've started reading the books. Yeah, I, no. That scene. Yeah, it is. You're entirely well. It's one of the best scenes so far. Probably, honestly, probably in the entire canon, it's probably the most intense. That's probably one of the better scenes uh, in the entire canon from memory. Like the the, the the other books we haven't gone through. They're my memory from of them is hazy. Uh, Doctor No is almost I barely remember anything from Doctor No. I just remember it has a lot to do with shit. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the same. For we'll me. get there when we get there. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do like how Bond escapes his predicament. Once they get into the tunnel, he's he's on his. I think he's on his knees, and there's the book, uh, which actually had a a gun in it. Another thing we got to talk about: gadgets in this book. Yes, like real gadgets on both sides. As, but once they get into the tunnel, he very quickly puts the book over his heart, I guess. And although it still really, really, really hurts, it does save his life and he gets the upper hand. You, or he's, he plays dead. And then he surprises uh, Red Grant by taking, I think, the knife out of his 
gadget-laden suitcase, and he stabs Red Grant. They, they tussle for a couple paragraphs. Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah, it's uh, it's a messy fight. Yeah, really messy. Like, violent, uh, very violent. It's, it's short. It's not as brutal or macho as the film version, but it, 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 you're going to have like to be careful where you step after because there's a lot of blood, a yeah. lot of blood. Yeah. Oh, Fleming never shied away from, from describing the, the blood gushing and, oh, and, no. and the, the viscera of the physical confrontations in the books. He, I don't know if I'd say he relished in it, but he was damn good at describing it. Violence has a cost in the Bond movies, uh, Bond books, that in the Bond novels, the Bond, uh, okay, I'll start over. Violence as a cost in the Bond books, not in the Bond movies. Or less. Less. Uh, less. I uh, won't say. Depen- depends but... on which era, but. <laughs> depends who's playing Bond, it seems. Yeah. Well, at this era, I mean, the most uh, he's going to have his hair messed up. Like, mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the book, uh, blood is spilled. Even Bond doesn't, like, he's bruised and shaken by the, by the ordeal. Well, Red Grant is. Uh... He's a beast. So he's a beast. He's uh, he he's like those Pacific, Rim, <laughs> those Pacific Rim robots. It's like fight against that. Okay. Um, um, stab it, stab it. Yeah. Um, so they uh, they finally make it out. They um, this this they decide to go to well actually when um, Grant as Bond in his crosshairs and he's explaining to him and one thing we forgot to mention they filmed them uh, having sex and Bond's reaction when they, he finds out that he has a sex tape is he's like like he's humiliated he's embarrassed and he's just oh disgusting he's, only he's, the Russians would come up with that yeah he's, he's a bit grossed out it's just like and they, they still do these type of honeypots. Even a couple of years ago, one of Putin's uh, uh, rivals, they, they, they filmed them uh, having an affair, and they used that as blackmailing to you. Can you imagine, imagine they, they make... Imagine From Russia With Love is not a Connery film. It's a Roger Moore film. And we get to that scene. Can you imagine that, old man? We've been filming you fornicating with Tanya. I hope you enjoyed the show. <laughs> I, I do like that. I will I will forever love the version in the book and the version in the film, but I also like the version in my head. Yeah, the parallel version. version. You recast. Um... I hope you were satisfied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, oh. I hope you didn't miss the climax. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, it, I, I do appreciate Bond's... Uh, reaction in the book it uh, again these little nuggets into bond's psyche a guy who likes women so much but the thought of him being filmed actually having sex with a woman which, which i get it's it's espionage it's voyeurism which and voyeurism is is not a nice thing to do it's very impolite it's very naughty so i guess there's certain i mean there's certain things even james bond who's a bit of a bastard even he would not dare engage in and that they it's an affront to his to his being, I guess so. It is disturbing, silly. Mm. You know, we haven't talked about the gypsy camp scene. There is a gypsy camp scene in in this book. The gypsy camp. And unlike in the film, there's kind of a purpose why they go to the gypsy camp. I think Kerim thinks that Vavra is the guy's name, the head of the gypsy camp. Vavra, because of his contacts, he the gypsies might know why the Russians are trying to kill Kerim. Whereas in the film, it's not really, like really clear why they go to the gypsy camp. Camp. Um, because the Russians, they want to kill 
carry him. I think before Bond gets to him, because they make uh, the a couple of assassination attempts on him before Bond gets to him, and they failed. And they, they yes, keep... there's a hole in the wall of Karim's office when Bond arrives. He think ah, oh, there's a bit of a draft. Here. That's there's in the movies. Uh, that attempt with the bomb. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We see the attempt. We see it happen in the film, whereas in the book, it's happened literally just as like Bond is arriving. You know, they they're they're reconstructing the wall there. Yeah. Um. So there are these attempts on Karim's life, and he, he thinks the gypsy because of his contacts. Uh, in, with, uh, with the gypsies, pardon me, they spend a, a Saturday night. What a hell of a Saturday night to spend. And so, we do get a fight between <laughs> two women. A good fight, too, by the way. Yeah, no. Damn good, good fight. Good fight. The, the bodies are glistening. They take their tops off. Yes, that's true. The n- naked yeah. the bodies are glistening and they're, they're fit. Mm-hmm. You know, the, this is hot. This is hot. Can, can I go see? Uh, <clears throat> no, I feel like a pervert. Uh, it's in the book. But, okay. Time, every time we've reviewed the book, we've showered praise on Fleming's abilities to describe. We are doing no more, no less this time, yeah, Matthew. That's right, all Terry. we're doing. He's just really good at describing fit, naked, glistening <laughs> female bodies that are fighting for a man. That's yes. all we're doing. He's yes. just, Fleming's just doing a good job at that. You might even say he's doing a bang-up job. <laughs> no, but it's a fun scene. They're fighting for the uh, well for Vavra's son because they Name want son. to both marry him. They've sent him away, and they'll fight to the death. And whoever the winner is, I think if one doesn't, what happens if one doesn't kill the other? I think they're that I don't remember excommunicated or something like that. Something like that. I, at the end, like Bond has to make a decision, and unlike in the movie where he's like, "Meh, I love them," uh, he says, "You know what? Uh, let them live. Uh, pick one, and you're gonna need the one because uh, a lot of people just died. Just uh, so you're gonna need more sons. So uh, she's useful. So let's not kill people for nothing. And if people have died, such like an economical way of handling this. I get it, but it's like." You're going to need to make more babies because a lot of people have died. So hey. don't get rid of one of them. It's, it's peace through. Uh, I mean, look at her. She's naked and fit and glistening. Does nobody want to make babies with this one? <laughs> Anyone? Anyone want to make babies? Um, no, it, it is. Um, it's a good section of the book. Uh, there's uh, also the uh, the attempt on. Well, not the attempt. The murder of Kirenku. But I, I don't know. I, I, I felt. Because Kirenku. He's running when he's being killed. He's like, running like a He dies run. like a punk. He dies like a chump, like being shot from... He's, he's escaping through the poster of Niagara, the movie. But yeah. You know, and I noticed this throughout the movie. There's references to books, movies, stories of a f- movie. Like this, um, um, if I remember Niagara from the synopsis, it's a movie about an affair that goes wrong. There's a lot of things like that throughout the movie, so it kind of there's it's a texture. Th- th- mm. Like I'd love the plot of From Russia with Love tends to be tends to mirror these pop culture or actual newsworthy events that Fleming is, is referencing. Yes, I yeah. yes, uh, I did not pick up on that. Did not pick up. There's on that. a lot of art reference uh, that I've been noticing since uh, 
we've been reading this bo these books, uh, especially in Moonraker, uh, the way it describes. I, I, I'd, I'd be interested to, I, if somebody wrote a book on Fleming and the influence of art uh, mm -hmm. on on his prose, because there's a lot of the guy was uh, not uh, an imbecile. Like he had oh, he had a lot of culture. Like he had a, apparently a massive book collection, uh, and it shows like, oh, to know how to write. You gotta know. Yes. How to, uh, you gotta read a lot. But he was also a fan of movies because uh, that, that 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 reference to that uh, Marilyn Monroe movie. Well, yeah, I think you just said why he was probably a fan of that movie. Yeah. Yes, you're right. <laughs> dumb, dumb. Asking the question is also answering, answering it. the question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, we have the that entire Istanbul. Uh, you know, it's very travel loggy. Like, You've been saying that a lot recently. It's it's not a negative though. It 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 is. I mean, he goes to the the Hall of Pillars when they the when they go through the um the the um the underground the underground the uh, reservoir mm. and that's the thing you can still visit to this day. It's that's just, cool. I, I'd love to see that. I, I want to go. See, I want to go there, man. Talk, talking about you know our any fans' desire and fantasy to 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 live a Bond moment. Uh, to experience what it would be to be James Bond in a particular moment of a book or a film, that is definitely one of them. Great book, great film, and you can actually do it in real life, you know. And that's the view from the hotel. Like, you can barely see, but if you saw the original colors, it's just golden everywhere. It's called the Golden, golden Horn. Yeah. So, yeah, that the entire time he's visiting Istanbul, and I'm just like, wow, this is so beautiful. It's just... The uh, eventually they make a reference to the uh, the Hippodrome Square, and it's it used to be um, a big uh, hippodrome. Like a, yeah, but, almost like a coliseum type of. Um, uh, but it doesn't it's actually exist. it's more like uh, the type of um, the type of location where the Ben Hur race takes place. Exactly, yeah. that's before, and that's today. There's two pillars and barely nothing. Ooh. I mean, it looks nice, but I would have liked to have seen that. The other, yeah, yeah the original. Uh, and that's the uh, poster that they reference that uh, Karyanku makes his escape through. I've always been, again, I, like I was saying earlier, I've, I've seen the film and I've seen that poster before. I think that's beautiful. You have Marilyn relaxing, looking very voluptuous. It's called Niagara. And the lower part of the poster is the waterfall, but the waterfall is actually starting over Marilyn's body. I think that's a really nice poster. That's a beautiful poster. Um, so yeah, we, we think we... I mean, the Orient Express. The Orient Express is something of... A, it's a legend. Like, it stopped in 1977. That's when they actually stopped. So in the the movie takes place in 63. Yeah. The book is uh, 50... Well, we're saying... We're going to assume it's 57. The, even the... Timeline's a little wonky, but... A little wonky. Well, we're going to buy the uh, the date of the book. Um, it's on its way down. It's not as popular as it used to be. People are flying. When when uh, Tatiana proposes using... Because she, she she decides... she well, She's the one that actually opts part of for their, that. Bond is the one that says, no, what are you talking about? Let's take the plane or whatnot. We'll be, we'll be home in 45 minutes, <laughs> basically. No, it, it, she's the one that that forces him to use because it's part of their plan. Because their plan is to like trap him and. You know, it's funny. I I just thought of a potential criticism, and I hate the fact that I'm doing this because I love this book so much. But 
I find it's a little odd that they seem to be well aware that this could be a trap. This is way too good to be true. It's been way too easy so far. And Bond keeps saying, why would I panic? Why why would I panic? Because it's been too easy so far. (laughs) Take the plane. (laughs) That's a little... For as thorough and efficient as James Bond is, eh, whatevs. Like, what? He gets lulled into a failed sense of uh, security because he's also enjoying his time. Like he's enjoying being with Tatiana. He's, he's enjoying being with Tatiana. He's enjoying. He, he enjoys uh, Ta- Tanya's company. He enjoys Kerem's uh, company. He's on vacation. This book, most of it. Kind of. Kind of. Have a grand old time. Have to see a gypsy fight. <laughs> gypsy fight. A little bit of uh, tourism. A little bit of pop pop in the hotel room. Uh, no, I, I mean, sure. I, I see. What you, I see your point. It's just because he says that more than once. Why would I panic? Why would I panic? Because. The fact that you're asking why you should panic means you should panic and get on that mother effing plane. <laughs> but she doesn't want to. She 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 will leave if he does. Mm. She's threatening. Of course, him. if they get on the plane, we don't get that beautiful Orient Express sequence. So good for you, Bond. Make the dumb decision. We need this story to continue. <laughs> also, another th- thing I remember about Karen Bay, he put a bomb under the uh, uh, Russian consulate. <laughs> yes. And he's, he tells Bond sees it when they they're spying on them. It's like, yeah, uh, if if I die or if anything happens to me or if war is declared, we're gonna blow them up. Yeah. And it's only after after he's been murdered and one of his sons finds out that um, his da- dad passed when was murdered. Um, when uh, uh, Grant has Bond in his uh, crosshairs, um, Grant says oh, it's probably your friends there that blew the consulate. Uh, it's a very and Bond is like yeah I hope plenty of them died and he's like yeah, revenge I know it's a very uh, what's the like zero sum game like if if they get me well I'm taking as, as many of them as I can if I'm dead so here's that bomb and they they blow it up very shortly after Karen's yes. death so I was like I, 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 it's not it's a detail that's not in the in the movie and I was like good revenge. Yeah, well, the consulate does blow up in the film, but it's... Not the same way. No, it's not for the same purpose, and I don't think the idea is to murder dozens and dozens of Russian yeah. people. Uh, whereas in the book, it's like... Pure revenge. kill these people. You know? <laughs> oh. So we... Um, what else do we have to discuss? I mean, the, Well, the final chapter, we haven't really talked about the final chapter. I know, I know, but I'm just looking. Look at, look at it. That's the, that's the, those are the prices to uh, for for the um, uh, um, modern version of the Orient Express. These Still are expensive. The, yeah, it's pretty expensive. Well, I mean, it's a long. Well, where is it from? For Verona to Paris, Venice to Paris, Verona to London. Yeah, it's like two thousand. Those aren't Canadian dollars. Yeah, those pounds. I can't make. 2,450 for uh, well that was for March 24th to 25th but that they, they were sold out so people are still able to pay it's a luxury I mean to be honest it's a luxury you hear the word Orient Express if you know anything about trains and I don't even know that much about trains and I know about the Orient Express like, yeah. everybody knows about it it's legendary yeah the, the final chapter uh, let's go through it I guess um, find our old friend uh, What's his name again? JB? No, the other one, the French one. Oh, Mathis. Mathis is back. Yeah, so. it's true. That's ah, kind of... I, I do like the cameo. 
Because we haven't seen him since Casino. No, he's been mentioned, I think, in Moonraker in in passing. Mm. There's a brief reference to him. Uh, So he's back for literally the last chapter. uh, Still very happy-go-lucky. Still very very positive-minded. Yeah, he's very um, experienced. And a little bit. He's now the he's now the chef du deuxième bureau. Yeah, which he was not, I don't think, in Casino Royale. No, I don't think he was just. He's about Bond's age, like he's. Uh, and he's the and he's the chef. That's kind of interesting. But anyways, because he's competent, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so they Bond found out that uh, Grant was supposed to meet Cleb at the, the Ritz Hotel in Paris. And yeah, I'm not going to go through my notes because he mentions the street and the street that he mentions. And you did three pages of research on the street and what the door looks like and what what the catering service is like and yeah. how they how they brew their coffee. It's not the, the street; it doesn't go next to the hotel exactly. Oh, it anyway, uh, no, it doesn't. Okay. Um, I got the plan. I'll show it. I'll, I'll show it to you if you want. But he um, takes <laughs> he takes Grant's room with the help of the uh, deuxième bureau, and they are. See, that's the Rue Cabon, and that's the Ritz Hotel. Okay. Actually, um, Harry's Bar, which Fleming used to visit, it's, it's at the Ritz Hotel. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, nice. I, I, I like the part in this chapter where Bond enters the room, and well, Rosa Klebb, everybody knows it's Rosa Klebb, although there's a little bit of doubt in Bond's mind, because it's just a nice little old lady who's knitting, I believe. She's knitting something, and I go, who are you? <laughs> yeah. You must be mistaken. Bon is like, am I in the wrong room? Did we screw this up somehow? <laughs> he doubts himself for a second. But then he stands firm. You are Rosa Klebb, and I'm coming to get you, sucker. And that's where the fun begins. She's, at first, she tries and uses her, all their poison or needles. Because he's noticed there's something strange about the... The phone. Yeah. There's a gun in the phone. There's a gun in the phone? Isn't there a gun in the phone? Something explodes. It's like in the book. Well, what's what's up with the phone? He notices something about the phone. Damn it, I don't have my book with me. But, but uh, something weird about the phone. Because he, he has to duck. Well, I think she... No, she, she tried... The, 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 there, there's, there's a standoff, and she's looking at him, and she tries to stab him with the needles, and he, yeah. and he avoids it. He notices they're poison-tipped, probably, because yes. there's something funny about the coloration at the, uh, at the, at the, fu- at the sharp, at the pointy yeah. end of the, of the needle. They're, they're kind of white or something, and he, vo- he avoids getting stabbed, uh, I think. And then this is where the, the, the movie and the book kind of merge in my brain, because <laughs> I, I think he uses a chair. For t- he t- does, he does. He does. I can because he does in the movie too. Yeah, but he does in the book. I remember he does. He and he pins her against the wall, and that's when Matt, Mattis and the rest of the boys show up. Right. He doesn't kill her. They're they want to arrest her. That's the plan is to arrest her, and uh, Mattis and his boys I, show up. I think he has the perfect like line that I I, I love this line when she gets captured. He um he says that like when they're gonna be we're gonna you're gonna be done with you we're gonna. Uh, oh, the deuxième will be there in a minute. In, in an hour or so, you'll be in London. You won't even sleep, you won't be seen leaving the hotel. You won't be seen going to in, into England. In fact, very few people will see you again from now on. You're just a number on a secret file. By the time we finish with you, you'll be ready for the lunatic asylum. I'm like, that's damn. That, that is a threat. You're gonna be so messed up from the torture and the interrogation. We're gonna go put put you through. You're gonna be like. 
Looney Bean, Looney Bean Club. But she's already. I wonder if. I mean, we never see uh, Dear Rosa again in the books. But I'm wondering, since she's already a little bit loony herself, I wonder if her, she's too loony for them, and they never, they never sent her the. Uh, I like to think that she's she's so crazy that they can't out crazy her crazy. She's behind bars somewhere. I know what happened to her. I, that's one thing I remember from Doctor No. I think they, uh, she's dead. Oh. She, she's dead, but like I think she, she mentioned that she had a heart attack. That's dumb. Well, it's you know if you, it, continuation novel, she's not dead. You no? could no, but I mean you you could bring her back. I mean just say that's that's a lie that Bond was told that she's actually secretly in a an institution. Like if you know people can like there's a you know if you want to read more Bond. You, I, I I don't think it's something it's so sacred that you know it's like uh, if you want to stop with the Fleming canon you can those other books don't mean anything and for good reason they're not re- written by the original author but if you want more Bond and if they're good you know what who cares mm. enjoy the ride but no if uh, I, there's a lot of characters in well I think we're at that part of the book where we discuss the leftovers now <laughs> Probably. Because there's a lot of characters that make it in the movie, make it in... Uh, but don't make it in uh, any other book. We mentioned General G. That's something. You know, the entire time... Because in the movie, this is where it's going to... There's going to be a lot of crossover between the book and the movie, both episodes. They replace General G with Belofeld. Pretty much, yeah. And there's a lot... I've never liked any of the movie Blofeld. There's ones I enjoy more than others. And I'm like, you know, if you're going to make make his identity a secret, why not it be a Russian general that's secretly working with Western agent? Uh, I think the reason for that, I, I feel like I've read this somewhere, is because the filmmaker specifically did not want to get too yeah, political. You're right. But it's better than being like James Bond's brother excuse me half brother oh sorry but th- th- that's a character they could recycle in the movie basically oh absolutely like absolutely I'd love to I, I, we only get him for a couple of chapters but he makes an impression he leaves a lasting impression very smart guy very devious guy who's kind of enjoying himself in a weird way he enjoys toying with the people he's working yes. with I don't think he likes them very much but well, he has the upper hand because he's has the most experience. He's the, has the most seniority, so he's toying with him a little bit. Goggle is similar in the the movie, but he's uh, not as cruel and no, I mean, aggressive as this dude is. Take away the fact that he's head of the KGB. He's basically a friend. He's an ally. Yeah, there's spy one Just, uh, no, for film you. fries only where he's kind of the villain but even then he laughs it off at the end yeah he's like nah. <laughs> whatevs I'm, I'm going back home you know like he's like, not per- like intentionally evil he's just like meh I'm, 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 I'm a patriot basically I'm working for the Russians so I'll do my business but I'm gonna enjoy life and, uh, and well, I'm at it and Kronstein Kronstein I kind of dug Kronstein because he's they mentioned his family and his wife the idea of this man who's just like he's the evil uh what's the name of the russian uh chess player uh, kasparov. kasparov he's yeah. the evil kasparov yeah pretty much he, doesn't so, he say something like well if i had to show up to a smirsh meeting i would sacrifice my wife and children did he say something like yeah that? <laughs> he's, he's incredibly like 
smart, cold-hearted. He's all brain and no heart. He's in the movie. Brilliant but, brain, but, but no heart. No heart. No heart. Yeah. Like I feel like they, they, they barely touch on those characters. They have great descriptions. I'm like, oh god, you can't bring. Well, they brought back uh, what's his name? Well, they brought back Blofeld. They brought back uh, Felix Le- Felix Leiter with both arms and legs. You know what? It's a new universe. Bring him back. Bring Kronstein, Kronstein, 21st century version of Kronstein, even Rosa Klebb. But Grant, Grant is... I, I like the movie version of Grant, but the book version, he's unstoppable for us. There's something about... Uh, I mean, in, in the film, they mention, oh, a lunatic, uh, superb material. And that's pretty much it. Whereas in the book... Man, Fleming milks everything he can out of out of Red Grant. We spend a lot of time at the start of the book with Red Grant. We get to know his backstory. He makes a three-dimensional, well, to an extent, a three-dimensional character. Um, and it's, it's a fascinating read. It's a fascinating character, a terrifying character, but a fascinating character nevertheless. And, yeah, we don't really get that in the film. We, we get a, a wonderful performance from... Um, uh, from uh, we're gonna have to do IMDb the movie before we Robert Shaw Robert Shaw thank you very much got a wonderful performance from Robert Shaw but minus the backstory so and also his placement in the story and the way he's used um, I'm gonna refer again to the movie version but this time from another movie uh, he's a shark he's like the shark from Jaws because you see him in the beginning you you don't see him till the end he's always a constant Mm. Threat because you know in the movie it's like oddly enough it's the same well not oddly it's, it's the same thing he's there at the beginning and you see him constantly yeah. peeking from a window or uh, out on, on the, the making side. sure Bond stays alive yeah and you're, I'm your guardian angel mm. um, yeah no there's a there's elements they could recycle uh, but. They used most of it for the movie. Pretty much. There's nothing. Not re- the leftovers are just little breadcrumbs. They're crumbs. They're tasty crumbs, but they're crumbs. They're, mm. There's not much left they can actually recycle in the book. Um, so we usually, I usually, well, I usually, I have what's happening in 1957. Let's do it. Um, so there's, I don't have that much. 1957. You don't have that much about that? Uh, well, yeah. You know, I tr- I tried to stay with the team of the book, and there was nothing on trains or Russia. But culturally, 1957 was the year of Elvis Presley. Oh, Elvis Presley's born. No, no, he, that's yeah, when he born. became super oh, popular. Okay. Now, Jan- January 6, he appears uh, on for the third and final time on the Ed Sullivan Show. Um, I think later on uh, he buys a Graceland. I think later on the same year. Um, yeah, he, uh, Jailhouse Rock. Has, I think it's his first movie is released. So that's like that's the year of Elvis Presley, nineteen fifty-seven. Love me tender, love me do, never let me go. When are we uh, starting a Kickstarter for your first album? We got Batman podcast, music podcast. Didn't we make one other one up? Uh, uh, spy podcast. Spy podcast. Spy pod. Um, also, uh, Jimmy Alpha was arrested uh, for uh, bribery um, in 1957. Uh, Jack Kerouac's On the Road goes on sale on September, September 5th. Uh, and, oh, a serial killer Ed Gein 
murders his last victim, Bernice Warden, on Plainfield, of Plainfield, Wisconsin. Murdered his last victim, so did uh, Red Grant. Yeah, and yeah, pretty much. And uh, the Sputnik program, uh, they launched their first, well, the first artificial satellite on October 4th of 1957, which cool. ignites the, the um, space, war, space, space race. Well, at least it's a little bit of positivity from the Russians. <laughs> We've... Yes. We've been lambat. No, I, well, Fleming's been maltreated. I've been poking at the with uh, Russian. Let's give him a little bit of respect. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, uh, Bert's. We have March 29th. The Islander Christopher Lambert is born. There can only be one. Yeah, with the best uh, uh, Scottish accent. The best Scottish French American accent ever. <laughs> Uh, Judge Reinald is also born on May 21st. John Lovitz, uh, July 21st. And that's a biggie here. August 18th. Uh, Bond girl Carol Bouquet is born. Nice. Um, Homer Simpson is born on October 29th. Dolph Lundgren, who makes a cameo as uh, well, a KGB agent in A View to a Kill. Bond alumni Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> yeah, again. Um, sometimes I'm struggling with these ones. So I, sometimes I pick other ones. Uh, born in on November 4th, uh, November 3rd, sorry, November 3rd. And Michael Clark Duncan, the late actor, um, who I would have cast as Mr. Mr. Big, Big uh, born on December 10th. Now, In, in my mind, he... He is. In some alternate universe, he played Mr. Big in, in, in a remake or reboot of Little Let Die. You know what? If, if not in the heaven, he's playing him right now. I, I'm sure he is. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening to this saying, hey, good idea, guys. And they're, they're filming right now. <laughs> good. Um, so final thoughts on the book? Excellent. Excellent. I, I have nary a complaint about this book. I love its structure. I love the characters. I love James Bond. I'm really, really starting to genuinely love the character of James Bond at this point, whereas he was a bit more of a blunt instrument during the first couple books. Now I, I feel like he's a human being. Um, the villains are great. Kerem Darko is great. I got a little bit of love for Tanya Khan, uh, despite uh, some of our criticisms. I love it. Is it my favorite? Isn't my favorite. Am I going to put it over Moonraker? Yes, I am. I like it more than Moonraker. Not by much. By a hair. Off the skin of my bum bum. <laughs> but I like it more than Moonraker. I can't uh, argue. I mean, it's perf personal preference. I'm still going to put Moonraker on top. Actually, you know what? I'm puzzled. Because it's not... Like, this book is great. As a Bond book, is it what you are? You know, Moonraker gave me what I want from a from a Bond movies, and I came from the Bond movies to the Bond book, so I, that's why I also recommend it. it. Has a great villain, but this one, you know what? This one's actually a, probably a, you know, it's a damn good spy novel. I would recommend it. It's a better thriller and spy novel than Moonraker. Moonraker is just like a great adventure, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's really is it just a great adventure in quotation marks. It's a it's a you know what's his name uh, John F. Kennedy uh, gave it a really like put it on his favorite book list, and that's why it influenced the creation of Moon the movie franchise, and that's why they made this as the second movie because uh, the president yeah. 
When the, the president of the free world gives it the thumbs up, you gotta make the movie. You gotta make the movie, and it's a great spy. Like it's prob like it's a great spy novel. It works. Like if if you want to just read a great spy story that has romance, that has action, murder, mystery, this one's this one's yeah. it. If you want a bo- bomb book, Moonraker. I, Moonraker. Moonraker. So I'm a, but I'm a spy. I like I like my Bond when he's actually doing espionage, yeah, no, which well, is what he's doing in this. Moonraker book. is a bit re- retarded. So you know what? I'm still struggling. Do I put it on top of Moonraker or do I still put Moonraker on top? So I'm just gonna say Red Grant, Hugo Drax, Klebs, Rosa Kleb, uh, Galabrand, Tatiana. The train sequence. Uh, it's tough, man. Oh man, I, I whatever can... you choose. Let me tell you this: as 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 your co-host and as fellow Bond aficionado, whatever you choose, you're not making the wrong choice. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna, one last thing. I listen to the. I told you. I, I always listen to you the, audio... the audio books. I only have a cup. I don't think I have for much would love. Toby Stevens does the audiobook version. Really? He's he must be good. Great. I, you know what? It's sold. I'm gonna buy it. I. It breaks like it breaks my heart that he played Gustav Graves. He would have like it's the perfect like. I want them to make a Bond cartoons that he so well, just he so gives the voice to James Bond. Yes, just so he can voice it. Like and he's, apparently he's doing a there's a, a dramatization they're doing of Moonraker and that's coming out. This weekend of some really? sort. Really, I think the they do that around Easter time. Once every couple of years, around this time of year, they do. And that. he's done. I think he's from the the Bond actor. He's the one that has done the most. That the alumni, the most audiobook version. He's because he has a great voice and he's a good actor. That's and he's why. a he's a great because unfortunately, he, the one thing the overwhelming majority of Bond fans know him for is. Perhaps the crappiest film in the entire series. But he's he's good in Die Another Day. But that's another episode. Uh, but you know what? If you just because of him and the performance he gives, because he voices the character, I love him when he's reading uh, Rosa Klebs. She he's, he sounds like he's doing the um, uh, the the witch from uh, the Wizard of Oz. Like he's got the. I'm buying. I'm buying. I, I love them. Like it's probably even like as much as I like the audiobook version of Moonraker, I think I like this one better. Nice. So because of the performance of Toby, Toby Stevens, shout out to Toby Steve. I, I I follow him on Instagram, I think, and on the Twitters. TS baby TS. He's great and. I'm gonna get my hands on the uh, radio drama they're doing this weekend. It's, cool. it's um, so yeah. Shout out. So I'm gonna put I'm gonna put from Russia with love on top. Only took you 25 minutes, but I'm glad you made a decision. An hour and 26 minutes. So let's let's wrap this up. Well, uh, we can be found in a few spots online. Uh, individually, I'm at uh, on Twitter at. Double O pop, the word double underscore O H underscore pop, Matthew. Matthew Claire, with two T's. Collectively, we're in quite a few places. Yes. We're on Twitter at The Bond Complex. You can find us on Facebook at The James Bond Complex. You can find us on Instagram at The James Bond Complex. You can find us at TheJamesBondComplex.com. 
And of course, why not subscribe on iTunes if you feel you got a couple minutes, write a little review. We're also on Anchor. We're on Anchor. Uh, give us some five stars. You know, you're under no obligation, but if it... It helps us. I mean, get, get more exposure. Virtually... If you feel it in your heart, go ahead and give us a five star. If it feels right... Give us a five star review. Yeah, we appreciate uh, we appreciate your comments on on the Facebooks, on the Twitter. A little bit, little bit more and more yeah. since the last time. A little bit more. It's it's we're it's slowly. People are paying attention. People are <laughs> no listening. Pressure. Keep, no, but I mean I appreciate. It. I mean every time I'm like oh, hmm. so I don't always write back, and sometimes I'm like I want to. Confer, confer with you. I'm like, okay, what are, were you writing? Sometimes I'm like, ah, it's, Edgar's gonna be fine. But we, we, you read, know me so well. <laughs> we read every comment. We appreciate uh, your listenership, and I hope you stay, stick around. Um, so, it's you know what has been. An, I, this has nothing to do with from Russia with love, but what's been an interesting experience is because you and I were two individuals, but we're on the same show, so it gets kind of interesting. Because you do a little bit more of the Facebook. I'll, I'll publish something every once in a while, but 75 to 80% of what's on Facebook tends to come from you. 75 to 80% of what's on Twitter tends to come from me. Spoilers for what goes on behind the scenes. But I always have to hold back sometimes because I have my own Twitter account. And I'm like, okay, I can't say what I would say as double O pop. I sort of have to clean it up and say it as the James Bond complex. It yeah. gets kind of interesting sometimes. Oh, we also on Instagram. Did I mention it? I did mention okay. Instagram. Yeah. So where that, that's entirely. I've never. I don't think I've even logged into that account. <laughs> it's mine. Um, so what's next for us? Just as James Bond always returns, so too will the James Bond complex return in from Russia with Love, the film circa 1963. Mm-hmm. From Russia, Russia with love, love, I fly to you. Much wiser than was before. Okay, I'm back. There we go. <laughs> mm, as always, merci beaucoup et à la prochaine. Au revoir.